This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Well, we hear more and more about how companies are being approached by their investors, including activist investors, about the path and the level of success expected from them. Activism in the investment space isn't a new thing, but seemingly it's drawing more and more attention than ever before. Jeff Smith is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer for investment firm Starboard Value. He's also a 1994 Wharton grad and part of the uh, Wharton Global Forum. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, Dan. Why do you think is it that, that activism is drawing, it feels like, more attention than ever before? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's grown up. It really has grown up. Um, and it's turned into something where it's not just about um, being an activist investor and influencing companies, yeah. but getting involved in corporate America. So at least from our standpoint at Starboard, we're highly operational. We yeah. get involved in these companies. So I think what's so intriguing, um, not just from shareholders, but also from um, the general population and why it's so interesting in the media, is because it's relatable. Yeah. We are investing not in stocks. Of course, we're investing in stocks, but not in sure. stocks. We're investing in whole companies yep. and looking at those businesses and saying, what is it that we can do with that company to make it better, to make it worth more, to make it more profitable right. than it has been? Thinking about it, the question we ask ourselves all the time is, if we owned the whole company, not that we buy whole companies, but right. if we owned the whole company, what would we do? What would we do that would be different? What would we do that would be more valuable? And I think the general population, when they, or, or at least the business viewing population, yeah. is really interested in that. They're yeah. really interested in looking at companies and seeing how they can be run better. What we've been able to achieve as operational activists is the respect and the credibility in the community that when we get involved, that those businesses are going to run better. That's, that's intriguing. It's, it's, um, it's very, very interesting because you can see transformation happening at companies. Well, and, and I think to a degree you're coming from a perspective that the traditional investor may not necessarily be able to come from. Obviously, as you said, with the background of the investments you have in a wide range of companies, you obviously follow it maybe a little bit closer than the traditional uh, traditional investor. And to a degree, I almost look at it as a degree of a big brother, small brother relationship, that you're the big brother kind of looking out for the smaller brothers. Well, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, what's happening in these companies, and again, these are the companies that aren't performing well. Yeah. There's, there's a great population of businesses out there that are performing well, that have great management, that have great boards, that are doing a really good job. Yeah. But for the companies that are not performing well, the companies that are struggling, the companies that have lost their way, where the shareholder base is frustrated yeah. and the board isn't doing a great job of representing the best interests of shareholders, it's our job, it's our responsibility to step in the shoes of all of the shareholders and right. to try and do our part to represent the best interests of all the shareholders to advocate for the change that the shareholder base, those that own the company, yeah. wants from that company. And so you're right. You know, it is, I don't know if big brother or little brother, but it's that yeah. idea that yeah. we are truly looking out for the best interests of all the other shareholders, and our interests are more aligned with those shareholders than any other constituent in the company because our only interest is getting the shares to go higher because we own shares. How, how frequently, not to mention companies specifically, but how frequently do you feel tension coming back from the company because of the approach that you obviously are taking, looking out for all investors. You know, it's really interesting. I, you know, we've been now doing this for 16 years. Yeah. It's been a while, and we've seen different uh, cycles. 
Uh, when we initially started, there was a lot more uh, feedback from companies, a lot more resistance. Okay. What's happened now is um, there's somewhat reluctant acceptance. I think that companies realize that they're not performing well. It's easy to tell, right? The sure. stock price yeah. is lower. Yeah. Their quarterly mis- <laughs> numbers are not as good as they were a year ago. They're yeah. missing their numbers. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, this isn't a surprise to yeah. them that shareholders are frustrated and that somebody comes forward. Yeah. So what actually happens now is that if it's us that comes forward, what those management team members or board members very quickly hear is, oh, it's Starboard that came forward. Yeah. They ask around. They ask other shareholders. They ask um, uh, other board members. They ask their, uh, their advisors, the financial advisors. They ask their proxy solicitors. They ask their attorneys about us. And very quickly they know. I mean, we've been pretty active, so they know who we are. And what yeah. they hear back is, Starboard really does care about the company and making it better. Yeah. They have good ideas. They're very responsible. And they will listen to others when, when they're involved in the boardroom. They just want the best idea. So on the good side, on the carrot side, if it's a carrot and stick, on the carrot side, they say they add value. Yeah. They're, you, know, you might as well work with them because they add value. Sure. On the stick side, they also say they're willing to run a proxy contest. They're probably going to win. Yeah. So if they're probably going to win anyway, you might as well work with them. So we haven't gotten nearly as much resistance as we used to. Companies companies are really looking to work with us when we come forward. That doesn't mean we're not willing to run a proxy economy if we have to. Yeah. But since we're willing to uh, and since they and since they understand that we add value, they're more willing to work with us than ever before. And actually, the feedback we get now isn't so much about whether they want us to get involved, but oftentimes after we're already involved, after we're already inside the company, and then it's time for us to leave after we fix the company, then we get the feedback that they don't want us to leave, which is the (laughs) nice problem to have, right? Jeff Smith is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Starboard Value. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton at the Wharton Global Forum in New York City here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. You were chairman at Darden Restaurants, which, uh, you know, a lot of people know, great chain of of restaurants, Olive Garden and, and the like. My question is, when you were in that role, how much did you have to deal with now what you're doing on the other side? Well, we were fortunate. So I'm glad you brought up Darden. Darden is a very well-known case. So Darden was struggling. um, And we did something that's never been done before and hasn't been done since in that we ran a proxy contest all the way to the end through a vote and replaced the entire board of directors. Every single board member was was replaced. Never been done before. And then the hard work began, which is that we actually have to go in and we actually have to fix the company. We were fortunate in that um, there was a president inside of Darden named Gene Lee, and we elevated Gene to interim CEO at first and then to CEO. I I became the chairman, and Gene and I worked very closely together uh, to revamp the strategy at Darden, and he's an an extremely talented uh, executive and really transformed that business. And Darden went from, at the time we invested, a company that was struggling, that people looked at it and said it's it's a poor operator in the restaurant space, to now Darden is considered the bellwether. And whenever you talk about any other restaurant company, everyone says, "Why why can't you be like Darden? So the transformation has been incredible, and we were also successful at being able to spin off a real estate business in uh, a REIT, oh, Four okay. Corners Property Trust. Right. So created a lot of value for shareholders. But yes, as chairman, we did have to work with the other shareholders. The shareholders are our constituents, yeah. and you're on the other side. I'm the chairman of Advanced Auto Parts now, too. It's the same thing. Yeah. So when you're inside the company, we have to make sure we're listening to what the shareholders are saying. You can't, you can't close your ears. You can't, you, you're representatives of the shareholders. 
Fortunately, if you're creating value, then you're hearing mostly positive feedback. But usually there's some good ideas from shareholders, and you want to listen, and you have to be open. Do you see the mindset of companies truly owning their own real estate or farming it off into another entity being the pattern that you will probably see more and more of in the years to come? I think you've seen some of that already, um, and I think it'll continue. I think um, uh, when companies are looking at their own real estate, they need to analyze whether that's the best use of their capital. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the question that really resonates for a manager is when you ask them the question in the inverse. Okay. When you build a new store or a new restaurant, depending on what it is, yeah. do you buy the real estate today? Sure, yeah. And overwhelmingly the answer is no. This is what we hear. They say, no, of course not. That's a bad use of our capital. We wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, then the inverse is also true, which means, well, then for your existing stores, why does it make sense for you to continue to have all of that capital invested in that real estate? Yeah. It's the same thing. You're, you're buying it every day. So yeah. if you can release that capital and use it for good purposes, whether it's reinvesting in the business or returning it to shareholders to create value, that's great. That should be looked at only if you can make sure that that's a good store. Right. Yeah. The last thing you want to do, that's the key. The last thing you want to do is to sell the real estate and put a lease on that store and have a struggling store that you then can't, can't operate. But if it, if you know, it's a good store and you know, the stores, you believe the store is going to continue to be a good store through the lease term, then unlocking that capital can create a lot of value. And by the way, as we learned in Darden, when we did this, the leases that you create for those stores that you do a sale leaseback for actually end up being the best leases you yeah. have in the company. That's right. Because you're yeah. you're you're writing the lease with yourself, and then you're selling off selling off the store versus all the other stores you have where you have leases yeah. with third parties. Jeff, great meeting you. Thank you very much for coming over. Thank Appreciate you very much, uh, Jeff Smith, uh, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for Starboard Value. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.